Jordan is on best. Harper's on Miller. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. I am your host, Mark Schindler. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Tom Lewis. Before we get started today, if you have not already, please be sure to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, subscribe anywhere else you can get it, and of course, read our articles over at IndieCornrows.com. Tom, how are you doing today? Not too bad. How about yourself? It's a beautiful day here in Indiana. Oh, I know. <laughs> you always get sucked into the weather, man. It's funny. I was talking <laughs> to one of my friends uh who lives in Wisconsin uh, that I podcast with as well and write with. And um, he was like, you know, I feel like we spend half our time talking about the weather, but it's just, we, <laughs> we have, we're going to have six straight days of 65 plus after yeah. a day where it snowed here in Ohio. So, you know no, what, man? man, I will talk about the weather gladly because it lifts my spirits, especially in this trying time of not knowing what's going to happen in the election. Um, so I actually had a funny thought today that's not basketball related, Tom. I uh, I always give you crap about about being old and all that, and uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I realized while I was sitting down eating breakfast this morning, um, it's like my fourth day in a row eating raisin bran. So I think Ooh. I I am getting there. I'm, I'm hitting I'm hitting <laughs> old age quickly, rapidly growing gray hairs um, as I as I eat my raisin bran. But it's good. I mean, I can't. There's I I will never fault anyone for eating raisin bran. It's a fantastic way to start your day. I mean, I haven't even gotten to the raisin raisin bran stage. Oh, actually, so. <laughs> so I just outed myself, man, in the, yeah, in the nursing yeah. home soon. So we'll see what happens. Man, no. um, I'm trying to hang on through keto. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me all um, the bacon. <laughs> yeah, just bacon. I'll see. All right, so we're on totally opposite uh, opposite ends of the meal plan spectrum right now. Yeah. Um. So we're doing just a quick hitter today. We have some some exciting news to talk about. Um. It it's. It feels very much so, Tom, like we just have impending news ready to drop at any time. Like we're, <laughs> we're getting to that stage like the CBA uh, is still yeah, like they're, they're not sure what's going to happen with it. They keep pushing the deadline back, but the draft is in less than two months and technically free agency will be in less than two months. And then the season starting is already less than two months. Like it's yeah, exactly. Yeah. The draft is in two weeks. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. It's OK. So. We're just waiting for news to start piling. And today we got kind of the first big thing that, that we've talked about in Indiana a little bit because of, you know, just the possibility of trades and the fact that there are already two major links. So Drew Holiday has been made available for trade by the New Orleans Pelicans, which goes against any reporting that I had heard previously um, and just general thought in New Orleans uh, was that Drew would be sticking around. So this is definitely new. Um, and, Obviously exciting because a player, I mean, Drew Holiday is a top, top 30, top 35 player in the NBA right now. Um, so, A, I mean, I just want to get your initial reaction and your thought, and then we'll talk about how it pertains to the Pacers. Yeah, well, any, anytime his name is mentioned, you know, I mean, there's always been speculation. It seems like over the past year that they would probably try to move him since they got all those great young pieces and, and they might want to get some value for him. Um, but it's you know so natural to think okay in Indiana because he you would think you know he'd be 
interested in, in coming here if he wanted to possibly play with his older brother, Justin, or his younger brother, Aaron, or both. Um, also, of course, his wife, uh, Lauren, um, went to Ben Davis on the west side. So assuming there's still plenty of in-laws in the area, um, you know, that would be another natural draw for him. Um, so whenever his name comes up, you have to think, oh, how would it happen? Um, and, you know, it, it is hard to figure out how it would happen. Um, obviously, you know, you could say quickly flip Victor Oladipo and, um, and or Miles Turner. Um, it, it's kind of funny because I think, well, you, you'd think they, the na- most natural throwing piece would be Aaron Holiday, ironically. Mm-hmm. And then also Justin could possibly be gone for agency. So, um, um, maybe that the, the uh, holiday, um, he would fill the holiday void, but there might not be any brothers around to play with him. So it's a, it's an interesting situation, but like you said, there's so much going on. Um, it feels like something's going to burst here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting. You know, I've, of course, uh, I've had, I've been on trade NBA. That's what I do when I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I've, I'm on trade NBA or I'm looking at cap stuff. All right. Um, I mean, the easiest way to look at it, I think, and it would make sense for New Orleans if they were. So, like, personally, mm-hmm. I don't think it makes sense for New Orleans to to, to trade Drew um, just because they're at a point where they – I mean, I guess you could. there's always a, a good point in having draft picks uh, just because it's an asset, right? But I think – I mean, they have, like, four or five guys coming off their rookie deals uh, over the next year or two that they're going to have to re-up pretty significant money. You know, Lonzo's going to have to get paid. Brandon Ingram's getting paid this summer. Uh, almost definitely a max deal. Josh Hart has to get paid. Jackson Hayes is going to have to be paid in two years. Like, I mean, there's, or no, Jackson Hayes is three years. I'm thinking of somebody else. But I mean, Zion's rookie extension will come up as well. So I think I look at it and I'm like, they really just, they they have a veteran in the room, Andrew Holiday, who's a good player. He's been around. He's been part of some solid teams, not great teams. Um, but he's just from what we know about the Holiday family and uh, from everything I've heard uh, secondhand about Drew from people who know him. I mean, fantastic dude, great leader. Um, the exact kind of player you would want on a young team like New Orleans to kind of help usher them towards becoming a relevant team. Um, so I, I personally, like, I, I get why, like, I mean, he would be like the most obvious trade asset, I guess, just monetarily. And he does have a ton of value. Um, but personally, if I'm New Orleans, I wouldn't trade him. But that being said, if they are apparently open to, to trading him now, um, and again, that's per Shams Sharani. I did not mention that. Um, but the, I think the, the most viable trade you look at is like Miles Turner and Doug McDermott, and that fills the the cap void almost exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug would give them extra shooting because they they all they definitely need shooting. Their bench shooting wasn't great, um, and obviously Miles is like kind of a theoretical good fit next to to Zion. Uh, technically, a better fit than Jackson Hayes is because um, he can he can shoot a little bit. I mean, Miles can obviously shoot more than a little bit, but you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah. But again, I think it just comes down to what New Orleans wants. And again, <laughs> you'd also have to look at it. Okay, well, that's um, Doug would be expiring, and I'm sure they're probably okay with if he's expiring. But Miles Turner is on on the books for three more years now, I believe. Uh, is it three more years? Because his deal yeah. just kicked in last year, correct? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll be three more years on the books, and then again, like I mentioned, there are all those guys that they have to pay. So it it would just be, do they think that? He would make more sense as an offensive player in New Orleans, and would he make that kind of fit? Um, 
So I think that those are some of the ways that I look at it. I mean, obviously there are other things, but I think I don't think they would do a, a just a Drew for Vic swap or even like a Vic and yeah. pick for for Drew. I because I, I mean Drew's a better player right now, um, and I, there's more security with the amount with the amount of years left on his deal. I think it's still only two years. It's not like he's got like a ton left. Um, but yeah, I personally don't think that they would do that. Yeah, I mean the. The Vic thing really doesn't make sense um, just because, uh, I mean, they are in good financial shape. Um, really, Holiday's a really big, bad contract right now, um, or big contract right now. Um, so, but, you know, if you're trading for Vic now, you're going to have to extend them, you know. Um, otherwise, you're just trading for the one year. of You have no idea what's going to go on. So I agree that doesn't make much sense at all. Um, considering the, the team they have, and, and basically he'd just be flopping pretty much, you know, it's not the same player, but same position, I guess. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it would be like a downgrade for them. And that's not to speak ill on yeah. Vic. Maybe Vic recruits some of his value this year, which I think we're hopeful of, um, just given right. that he's more likely to be in Indiana this year. But again, it just it, in terms of pure asset management and the fact that it, you know, David Griffin is running the front office and not Dell Demps anymore. <laughs> makes it that much more unlikely that this will happen. Cause if it's Dell Demps, maybe I would think it would happen, but um, with, with David Griffin, probably not. But I agree with you with like what that New Orleans team needs. It seems like um, with, with all those young players and they have some, you know, playmakers and, you know, you think Vic, you're thinking more, you know, offensive playmaker, a guy who's going to create for himself. With with Holiday, you're thinking more all around, you know, guard, good defender, um, and then again the veteran leadership piece mm-hmm. um, that you say, and you got those other young guys who are out there who are developing into those big time playmakers, and um, you know, and Holiday, you know, doesn't seem like would be a, a guy that's going to demand the ball or, or want to get his shots more more so like Vic might be. So um, again, yeah, that fit just isn't right. I think I think you're right, but the only real logical move would be a piece, uh, a Miles Turner center um, trade, which again, I mean, that kind of clogs up their young bigs, but, mm-hmm. um, but again, he's on a, a much friendlier salary as well. And, and um, with their cap situation, which seems pretty good right now, um, it'd be easy for them to absorb him and, and then figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, and looking at other things, I mean, it's it's interesting. I need to well, voice crack to the max right there. Um, I, I need to talk to some of my, my friends in New Orleans. To, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, at least I have that to fall back on, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, yeah. Well, that's the point. Anytime I make a mistake, you just have to make a mistake bigger than mine, Tom, and then I'll never yeah, have to exactly. even think about it, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, no, I will definitely have to talk to some of my friends in New Orleans about this and how they look at Miles Turner and, and, and value him. Um, but I think in looking at this in, in terms of the Pacers, I think this is a surefire do it. Um, that's just my opinion. But I think that, you know, you could bring up questions. OK, well, even if let's say Vic does stay, you know, Vic resigns and he looks good um, or at least like 90 percent of what he was or something like that. You know, so you have Vic Brogdon and Drew. Um, so you're playing three guards. I think that the talent is enough there and you could make it work offensively. And I think you can make it work defensively too because of how how smart a defenders Drew and Vic are. And Malcolm's a smart defender too, but he doesn't have the same physical attributes. Um, but I mean, I think that 
this is just my opinion. If it was offered now, you know, um, Drew for for just Doug and Miles straight up, or maybe you add a second round pick or something, which I don't even think you would have to. Um, you just do that straight up. Would you accept that? Because I think personally, I would uh, if I'm KP. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Um, and the it, it would also, in my mind, <clears throat> um, it would you know further indicate that they're likely going to move on with Vic as well. I mean, you're. You're kind of clogging up the backcourt. I, I thought there were a lot of miles, maybe clogging up New Orleans, young frontcourt. Um, but, you know, with Holiday and Oladipo and Brobden, you got three guys who can mix a match, but they're taking up, you know, about 65 million of your cap um, right now. Um, and, you know, you surely wouldn't want to then extend Victor at 20 whatever million he might want. Um, you know, that, that doesn't seem logical, although holiday was coming up too. So I guess, I guess maybe you could pick one of the two, um, and move forward. Obviously Vic's younger. So, um, you know, maybe it's a, a stopgap measure to bring in holiday now, see how it goes and, and, um, and at least have, have, you know, give Vic that space to get fully better and, 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 uh, play more now what it's going to do also is is uh you know put his brothers both brothers uh a little further back in line for playing time so um they definitely would would have to get rid of another of those you know i guess doug would be part of that rotation um and he would be out but uh um it, it would definitely clog things up in that backcourt yeah yeah i agree but I think one of the interesting things I look at, like Caitlin and I talked about this on our last pod. I don't think you got a chance to listen to it yet. Um, but we talked oh, about yeah, great. how, oh, thank you. Um, we, we definitely got, we, we nerded out a little bit. It was fantastic. I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> no other way. Yeah, exactly. And so I think one of the things that's interesting to look at, you know, we talk a lot about um, trying to find the way that this team, you know, makes their mark and becomes like if, if they're really going to, to go for being a contender or, you know, trying to hit that, that sweet spot of um, having a chance to make a conference finals. Yeah. Um, I do think this is the kind of move you do. And uh, obviously it depletes your front court a little bit, but like Caitlin and I talked about yesterday, I mean, with the idea of staggering miles and Domas more than they already have been, uh, which has been mentioned um, uh, again, that's, that's $35 million just next year. And then that'll increase right. as, as Domas's deal ascends um it just doesn't make a lot of sense and i think if you like yeah i mean obviously it's good to have quality bench players it's important to have quality bench players especially in indiana with a team that's never going to have quite the top end talent You're, you have to have a more balanced deeper bench that can that can run um but i mean you look at okay miles and domas uh that's not a better starting front court than let's say Ben Simmons actually plays the four this year, which is probably going to happen if Al Horford gets traded. That's not a better front court than Ben Simmons and, and, and Joel Embiid. And again, it's not even about like necessarily matching up straight up or anything like that. But I think this team, if you run a three guard lineup, that's something funky. That's something different yeah. that, that this team does. And maybe it doesn't work or maybe it's not perfect, but I think, just we've seen with the two bigs that that doesn't work and it's not perfect either. So it's important to try something else. And if you can get a player of the ilk of Drew Holiday, I think that'd be huge. The only thing I would be slightly concerned about with Drew, um, he's been pretty good the last 
season and a half, two seasons, um, <laughs> since their playoff run um, where they ended up losing to Golden State, but they beat the Pelicans. Um, he has been kind of an injury risk guy. Um, actually, yeah. I mean, he played a lot. He, he hardly missed any games this last season. But season before, uh, missed 15 games, missed 15 games in 2017, played almost a full season in 18. But um, he is a, a guy that you do have to worry a little bit with injuries. Um, but at the same time, that's the entire Pacers roster, it feels like. So, I mean, Miles <laughs> is like locked to miss 10 games a year. So I think last year was like his first really healthy season. But um, that's kind of where I'm at on that. I think it's a, it's a slam dunk for me. I would 100% do it. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm still saying I would do it. I'm just trying to think of the, the cons. And like you say, with the injuries of all three, three of those guards, you think, well, maybe if you can get two of them for you know, however many games they're going to play, 72, <laughs> then maybe that would be that all in, in the end, it'll all work out time wise and, and uh, keep keep everybody healthy. But I mean, the, the one thing also, those three guards are all, you know, good, pretty good size. So, yeah, um, they can handle, you know, guarding up through the wings, um, you know, pretty well, I think. So, um, if you were working with a trio like that, I think it, it would be definitely something to, to play with. And I'm sure uh, Nate Bjorkman would get in his lab and, and come up with some funky ways to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. And so another thing that I think about, too, um, one of the issues for the team is rebounding, of course. Caitlin and I talked about that yesterday as well. Um, mm. Obviously, you can look at three-guard lineup. That would probably be not great rebounding-wise. But Drew is a plus plus rebounder at his size, and Vic is a great rebounder at his size. Malcolm yeah. solid rebounder as well. Um, and I think the way that I look at it, I mean, you you look and it's going to be more of a switchability on defense. I still think with Malcolm, you really don't want to switch too too much because if he gets a small on him, that's really difficult cover for him. You know, as we saw this year, yeah. part of that I think was injuries, but overall, he's like he doesn't have the foot speed to um, try and corral someone like Derrick Rose. Um, as we saw, Detroit just totally torched this team, which as much as it pains me to say. Um, I actually think this team has probably like a worse winning percentage against Detroit in like the last four years than <laughs> any of the other teams in the central division, which is crazy to say. Um, but well, no, I'm sure they've lost more to Milwaukee, but you get my point. Um, but I mean, I think it, offensively it's better because now you have three guys and I mean, TJ as well. TJ Warren would be the worst ball handler out there uh, or not ball handler, but facilitator, I guess would right. be the way to put it. Um, if you have a starting lineup of Domas, TJ, Malcolm, Vic, and Drew, like if TJ is your worst um, playmaker in terms of like, you know, what he can do for everyone else on the court, that's pretty darn good. And I mean, granted, I think TJ is going to improve on that. Um, but you just think about like Domas with those four guys around him, the cutting that you could have around that. Um, some of the really funky things you could do with in terms of, you know, running inverse pick and roll, like you maybe or not inverse pick and roll, but I mean, like, if you have um, Drew screening for Vic or Drew screening for Malcolm or the the inverse of that, like you can do some really interesting things with that, uh, run a lot of really fun stuff for TJ. I mean, I love it. I love the idea of it. And I think the only question I have is defensively a little bit. I think they could be good defensively, but it would, A, put a lot on Domas. Um, not that I think he's going to be like a some amazing rim protector, but I think when you take away kind of the rim protection from miles that, that makes it uh, a little yeah. bit harder on the defense, but there are ways to mitigate that. And I wrote about that in that really long piece I did about Sabonis. Um, 
But I do think it's, uh, again, like we mentioned, with like the three guards who are fairly injury prone, asking them the uh, in the regular season, I'm not super worried about it. But over the grind of a postseason or, you know, down the stretch of a regular season, and if there are a lot of back-to-backs that happen in a condensed regular season like this, you have questions. Okay, well, Malcolm is probably at his best guarding up. I would actually say Malcolm is probably at his best guarding, you know, smaller threes. Like, um, he's really good at that. But – Again, that's putting more stress on a guy, more physical stress on a guy who who is pretty injury prone. So that that definitely brings up questions as well. Yeah, but but it would give them you know flexibility to mm-hmm. you know game to game or, or team to team, you know find the right matchups that that are preferable um, with those guys. And and you know when we talk about the postseason, that's when a guy like having Holiday. Exactly. Um, is huge. I mean, that's why, you know, a couple of years ago when, before Vic got hurt, when it looked like the Pacers were, you know, playing above their weight and, and, um, you know, we we're talking about possible, you know, I was like really wanting them to get Mike Conley, even because it was just a short term thing, just to have that veteran guy who can play in the playoffs. Those types of guys in the playoffs are so valuable. Um, but obviously Vic got hurt and that was not the move to make. But um so that's when you know, these veteran guys like that who have been through the wars really show up and, and their value comes out and um you know, and it, it it's an a key ingredient. You get all those ingredients together and then you gotta figure out how best to, to play against the team you're playing. And um you know, I, I think for that fact um he would definitely be a bonus for the pacers going forward um, yeah. but yeah these are said and done i guess yeah i agree and the last thing i do want to say um if justin is able to be resigned and likely again with the uh the way that the cap oh. shaking out hopefully to his cap hold because i don't know if it would be possible to, but it would be very difficult to resign him otherwise um they could yeah. pull out the mle but like you know i wrote an article about that if you have questions go read it um and hit me up as well so it can be a little bit confusing, but um, <laughs> a three-holiday lineup because they can actually all play together. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you could have Aaron at the one, Drew at the two, and, and Justin playing the three, <laughs> and I love it. The only thing, my own, my last thing before I ask you about the three-holiday lineup that just makes so much more of the team would have to have a four. Like there has to be a four who's coming off the bench or a, a guy who is like kind of at the three-four because – then I mean you have such a drop off from uh from Domas to, to TJ and then TJ's six eight and then everyone else is like six six or smaller. So maybe you get more Alize yeah. minutes, maybe you get more maybe Jakar gets re-signed and he plays more minutes, but you need somebody else who's in there who can shoot and, and do a little bit more on, on the defensive end. But um regardless, I'm excited. The idea of a three holiday lineup is incredible. And I know Caitlin is pioneering the three holiday lineup. Here's a Madonna. Just one day out of that. So <laughs> I was not <laughs> expecting some Tom singing Madonna on the pod, but it happened today. Oh man, the voice wasn't ready, but hey, can't get that enough. Takes me back to my high school days. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I think that is a perfect way to close the show. Um, yeah, Tom, I'm good. <laughs> Tom, what are what are you excited about this week? That's uh, that's going on, or, or anything cool going well, on? Well, I think I think you hit it at the very top. I mean, there's got to be some major NBA news coming down as far as, you know, we know the draft is still November 18th, but the, the whole CBA, what they're going to do, it sounds like there's a vote that is almost imminent with the player, imminent with the players 
Um, and, you know, if, if they want to get as much money as possible, we'll probably be playing by Christmas by some, some way. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll figure it out. So, um, but it'd be nice to get all that stuff settled. Um, it would be so nice to know forward. so I can know how I can schedule the rest of my uh, next couple of months. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, uh, we'll find out soon. Absolutely. Well, Tom, this was fun. Again, to everyone, if you have not already, of course, go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow Tom <laughs> at Indy Cornrows on Twitter. Follow me at M Schindler MBA, spelled just like the list. Um, obviously, follow Caitlin at C2 underscore Cooper. Um, just keep up with us for some great Pacers content. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be back probably another day or two. We have some awesome stuff cooking. Uh, my draft work is still coming. I promise I'm working on it. It will be out before the draft happens. Um, I just won't be sleeping a lot. <laughs> What's going to happen? <laughs> Tom, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for coming on. All right, great. Thanks, Mark.